It's that time. Welcome to the Time to Man Up podcast. And here's your host, Sean Hess. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the Time to Man Up podcast. Before we get into this episode, I want to take some time just to encourage you to uh, get on our website, www.time2, remember the number two, time2manup.com, and uh, check it out. We've got some t-shirts that are available, some hats that are available there. If you're looking for a, a Christmas gift for some guy, uh, makes a great opportunity and uh, we also have our Man Up study, Discovering the Man God Desires You to Be. Uh, check that out if your church is looking for a 10-week uh, men's study to get the new year started. That's right. We're getting really close to the new year. Hard to believe, but it's almost here. And if you are looking for a new study, get on and check that out. Uh, today, I guess this might be a self-plug, or I could just say that they are sponsors of the Time to Man Up podcast, uh, but Hessence Candle, you can go to www.hessencecandle, Essence with an H on the front of that, hessencecandle.com, and uh, it's kind of uh, uh, another company that we started in hopes of it supporting somewhat until Time to Man Up got up and running, uh, be able to do that, but we've got a number of candles available there especially with the holiday seasons of the fall and Christmas coming. Uh, guys, if you're looking for a gift, uh, even for your wife, uh, get on that website and check it out as there are some really great options. But this is the coffee house scent. And what's funny about this, anyone that knows me knows I do not drink coffee. In this cup is water. And that's always what's in it, water, never coffee. I've tried coffee twice in my life, and usually it had to do with cramming for a test in college, and it always made me nauseous and has never been an enjoyment for me. And so we would laugh because when I would go visit someone, because everybody wants to meet at a coffee shop, right? So I just had to make sure either they had hot chocolate or they had a Coke Zero, uh, something that I could get there. Uh, but that kind of became the joke with getting together, especially with other guys to talk about life stuff. And so uh, this coffee house, I guess it just makes me feel like one of the guys at the coffee shop drinking a coffee and discussing stuff with you today. And so make sure you visit us again, um, www.timetomanup.com or www.hessence.com candle hessencecandle.com we'll get those right trying to throw a lot of information out but get on there check us out and again um, if you find what we're going to be talking about valuable uh, make sure to subscribe like share whatever you can do to help us get the word out for the time to man up podcast uh, we appreciate anything that you can do and so today's podcast men has been kind of uh, a couple things have been the catalyst to this. And the first thing was I had a friend recently post something on Facebook. And usually when I get on Facebook, it, it requires just a couple finger swipes and then I'm done. And on this one, my friend's post came up right at the top of my page. And in essence, what it did is it had a, a lady kneeling down on the ground by a gravesite. And uh, it had the statement 
they're in a better place. And then underneath it, it just had all of this, like, almost like demonic anguish, pain, torment underneath it. That got my attention. How often have we either told someone or heard someone else say they are in a better place? Then it got me thinking. Uh, recently, uh, and I mean really recently, we had a friend whose wife passed away. Uh, he's an older gentleman, and they had been married for a while. And uh, she passed away, and I began to think, man, what would I do? I mean, my wife and I have been married for 33 years. What would I do without my wife? I mean, right? I would be lost. I remember we used to watch, a, there was a, a movie, I think it might have been Disney, called Balto. And the girl would always say, I would be lost without you. And that kind of became the phrase that we would sometimes say, I'd be lost without you. I would be lost without my wife. Um, there are things that I could function, but there are other things that I'm so blessed with a wife that takes care of certain things that I'm like, I don't know what I would do. Um, I definitely would eat a lot more peanut butter and jellies and grilled cheese and macaroni and cheese, things that were easy to make. I would definitely eat a lot of easier things. And so when our friend's wife passed away, it's an entire change. I mean, that person that you used to go share things with, they're not there anymore. That person that you used to share dreams and aspirations and relive stories from the past, they're not there anymore. And you just don't have them to live life with. And so that began to make me think. Um, when we tell someone they are in a better place, if you are a believer, you better know that, right? You better know that they are in a better place. And, and so that's what I want to do in this episode. I want to talk about uh, when we tell someone they're in a better place, is it a false comfort that we are giving them? Are we actually, uh, in, in other words, um, misdirecting them, giving them a false security because all of a sudden they buy into the, the hope, the joy to know that that loved one is in a better place. Now, again, for our friend, we knew things about his wife. She had a relationship with Jesus Christ. She had confessed her sins and received the gift of eternal life through Jesus. We knew that to be true, and therefore, we could rightfully tell him she is in a better place. But there are people that were friends that I knew well that have had loved ones die, and I could not say that. Either they were not a believer, had not placed their faith in Jesus Christ, or I did not have the knowledge. I lacked the knowledge of a decision that they had made. So I couldn't make that statement. So if you have ever found yourself at some place in time when a friend had a loved one pass away, if you have ever said they're in a better place without knowing that they were really in a better place, then you need to... Um, Reprogram yourself, whatever it is, recalculate the way that you talk to people. And so how do we know 
that they are in a better place? How can you know that you are going to a better place? I mean, really, it comes down to that, right? The first and most important thing is you better know that you are going to a better place. Once you have figured that out, then we need to be worrying about how do we know if someone else is going to a better place? Now, I love that Paul in his letter to the Philippians, he says to them, now remember, this is the church in Philippi. These are believers in the church. And he says, for to me to live is Christ, Philippians chapter one, verse 21, for me to live is Christ. If I'm living my life and if I've placed my faith in Jesus Christ, if he is the authority, if he is the leader of my life, for me to live is Christ because I'm obeying him, I'm following him, I'm being obedient to his commandments. But the flip side of that is to die is gain. Living is Christ. Dying is gain. And so I look at both of those options and I say, that's pretty cool. But then the question comes down to this. How can this be true? How can Paul with confidence say, if I'm going to live, it's to live as Christ. If I'm going to die, it's gain. It's my gain. Romans 6.23 says this, in a verse that some of you may be familiar with this, the wages of sin is death. Right, And if we jump back three chapters from that, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned, which means because we have all sinned, the wage of that sin for everyone, no one excluded, the wage of that sin is death. God did not cause the problem for us. We caused our own problem. We didn't need his help. We sinned. And so... If all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the wage of that sin is death, that means hell. Some of you maybe have deceived yourself to believing that there is not a hell. Why? Because we feel better about life if we can say there's not a hell. If there are not these consequences that end up in hell, then that's really nice because now the only option is life in heaven with Jesus. But guys, there are consequences to our actions. If we have all sinned and fall short of the glory, the wages of the sin, the consequences of the sin is death. But the second part of Romans 6.23 says this, but the gift of God is eternal life. So the wages of our sin is death. If we repent if we turn to God, if we receive that gift of eternal life that he offers us, we're going to tell a little bit what that looks like here later on. But if we do that, the gift that God is holding out there is offering it to us is eternal life. That eternal life came with a cost, and that cost was Jesus dying on the cross. And that's why the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, because he died for us. But then it adds this at the end, our Lord. Guys, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, what we are doing is placing ourselves under the lordship, under the kingship of Jesus Christ. And that means that when he gives a mandate, when his word says to do something, we are to be obedient to his word. 
when we are not obedient, we place ourselves outside of following Christ. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, I just want to hit on hell for a minute because I do believe that this is one thing that we've kind of messed up, guys. Uh, clearly, we don't want people to go to hell. It's a not a great place, right? No one says if they're going to go on vacation, you know what? I would really like to go to this resort because it's rated the worst resort by Travelocity or whatever company you use to, to travel on. No, I don't get paid by Travelocity, clearly. But whatever, you would never pick the, oh, that rate's 0.2, that's us. Now, you might, point, you might pick 0.2 because it's $20 a night. And because 9.5 is $400 a night. And so that might be why you choose it, but you're not choosing it because the rating. Well, in the same way that if I have the options of heaven and hell, I'm never going to choose hell as a place that I would want to go. Why? Here's why. Please listen. Hell is a place of eternal conscious torment. That means you know what's going on. You're not oblivious to what's going on. You are going to be alert. It is eternal conscious torment for everyone who does not place their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ. Hell involves this final separation from God's mercy and from God's people. It is an unending experience of God's divine judgment. And if I can say this, just retribution for sin, just. It's not unrighteous, it's righteous judgment. Because we deserve hell. I deserve hell, you deserve hell, but God gave us a way out and that was through Jesus Christ. And we have to, out of obedience, respond as he calls us to choose Jesus, to place our faith in Jesus. And so hell is real. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to others. It is real. Guys, in Luke 13, verse 28, it says this, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. Remember that hotel rating? Can you imagine if one said indoor pool, hot tub, sauna, 20-foot walk to the beach? You'd be like, that's, that's me. I'm all in with that. But how about if the one that rated like 0.2, but it was $20 a night, it said, hey guys, this is a place where you will be so hot, you will not be able to quench the heat, you will just want a drink of water because unfortunately our water doesn't work, and you are going to have weeping and gnashing of teeth. No one says, sign me up. That sounds like a place that I want to be. No way. But that is what hell will be like. Matthew takes it and gives even a more perspective on it in Matthew 13, verses 47 to 50. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven 
is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. Now, it's it's very interesting. I mean, right, Jesus is using this. He has a lot of fishermen around him. So when you think about it, James and John, Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. Uh, the Jewish people would have been aware of fishing. So he says they throw a net, they gather all kinds of fish. Verse 48, when it is full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good containers, but threw out away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them, the evil, into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, there's going to come this time when there are all of these people, some that have lived in their sin and failed to confess their sin, failed to repent, failed to receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus. And then there are others that have confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. And therefore they have placed their faith in Jesus. And what God is saying is that he's going to separate these. He's going to separate these and the ones that are uh, not the good fish, the ones that are living in sin and have refused to repent, they are going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Guys, I've hit my hand on a hot burner before. I've hit my hand uh, in welding shop and burned my hand in welding shop when we were doing metal uh, with spot welding and that. And, and I've gotten some pretty interesting burns. But the fiery furnace is not a place that I would ever want to be, nor is it a place that I think that anyone would want to be, nor would we want other people to be. And so I want to share a little bit of a perspective here. As a pastor for 32 years, when I was first coming into the ministry, I would uh, talk to the uh, the funeral home directors at some of the local funeral homes, and I would say, listen, if you ever need anyone to do a funeral, let me know. I'm your man, because I was just thinking this. I know there are most pastors love to do weddings more than funerals, just because it's happy, you know, man and woman coming together, making one. Yeah, let's celebrate. I love funerals. Now, I like, I like weddings, but I love funerals. Why? Because I get an opportunity when people are sensitive to eternal things to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so I would get calls randomly from people who had passed away. The funeral home would call me and say, hey, we've got a funeral. Can you come and do it? The family would be interested in that. So I would go and I would meet with the family and we would plan what was going to go on. And I had this lady that that I did a funeral for in Indianapolis and she was a bowler. And uh, evidently she was a really good bowler. She had bowled multiple 300 games, which is perfection for you that don't know bowling. And uh, I maybe have gotten 150 before, so I am far from perfection. And my wife can tell you that, guys. Uh, but I did this funeral, and I'm like, what avenue am I going to take on this? And so I said, listen, I said, she was a pretty amazing woman. She bowled multiple 300 games. You guys know that's perfect. No mistakes. And I said, but here's the problem. Even that perfect game doesn't get her into heaven. And, and here's the phrase that I always used. If they were here right now, here is what they would want you to know. 
because at someone's funeral, you're not really wanting to get up as the pastor and say, she is in hell, right? Or he is in hell. Sorry, guys, your loved one's in hell. Now, is that the reality? Is that the truth? Most likely. I didn't know them. I can't be certain on that, but most likely. But what I want to do is rather than having them lament and, and be overwhelmed by the fact that their loved one is not in heaven, it's not a better place that they've gone to. What I want them to know is if that person was here right now, that person that you loved, that was your friend, if they were here right now, here's what they would want you to know. I can be confident in that because listen, if they are in hell, the last place they want their family and friends is to join them in hell. And the last thing they want is for them to make that same mistake, right? I mean, we know that to be true, guys. But if they are in heaven, they want their family and friends to join them in heaven. That's what we would want to do. And so we need to understand 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, a passage I always read at the gravesite because it's the hope that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. And so if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, this is the hope that you have. If you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, this is not the hope that you have, but the hope that you can receive through Jesus Christ. So verses 13 to 18 of 1 Thessalonians 4 says, but we do not want you to be uninformed. We do not want you to be ignorant, right? We don't want you to be dumb of the reality of this situation. And then he says, brothers, why does he say brothers? It's not that he's excluding women. What he's saying is fellow believers, fellow believers. We do not want you to be uninformed. We do not want you to be ignorant about those who are asleep. Guys, translated, those who are dead, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. We're going to come back to that a little later. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. Guys, this is awesome. If you're a believer, you're like, yeah. I mean, this is like, right? Pre-game hype. Jesus is returning. The voice of the archangel, the sound of the trumpet of God. And in that moment, the dead and Christ will rise. The first thing that's going to happen after this celebration is coming down, the trumpet is blown and everybody is just excited. The dead and Christ will rise first. And then those who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with those who have already risen from the dead and they will meet them in the air with the Lord. So we will always be with the Lord. And then Paul says this, therefore, encourage one another with these words. When life is going bad, when you feel like you've been kicked in the gut, just know this, Jesus is going to return. Amen. Jesus is going to return. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Amen. 
And then we who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ are going to meet him in the air. Listen, Jesus is not coming back to establish some earthly kingdom at this time. What he's coming back for, that's why he doesn't come to the earth. We're going to go meet him because he says, you're going to go and you're going to go with me. I'm going to keep you from all this junk that's going on in the world. And I'm going to take you to be with me. Why do we know this? John 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? But have eternal life. And I love this. We always miss verse 17. We always love verse 16. But verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That's gonna come later. That's gonna come later. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus came to save, not to condemn. Okay, so if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, shout out. Awesome. We celebrate that. But if you have not done that, I want to share how you do that. Because I know we have a lot of ways that we do this. We say the magical prayer. We bow our head, close our eyes, cross our hands over, kneel down, whatever it is. And I would tell you this, those are fine positions, but I want to tell you what Paul says in Romans 10 verses 9 through 10, because I believe that this is the foundation of how someone comes to know Jesus Christ. Do I believe in repentance of sin? Yes. I believe that. And I believe that once we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that's a natural response. But Romans 10 verses 9 through 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, okay. The first thing we see here is that men, we are to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's the first thing. So we are verbally saying we confess Jesus as our Lord. We're telling people Jesus is our Lord. He has authority over us. We have placed ourselves under his authority, even though we were always under it, but we willingly placed ourselves under his authority. And then the second thing is we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that means really believe it, not just say it, but you really believe it, that God raised him from the dead. It's four simple words. You will be saved. You will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Listen, if you're listening to this episode, I've got a question for you, or actually two questions. Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Are you telling other people that God, that Jesus has authority in your life? And then the second question is, do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? There are a lot of people that want to excuse away the resurrection and act like it never happened. Oh, Jesus was just a good guy. No, he was the son of God, period. And he died so that we could have eternal life. You will spend eternity in one of two places, men. The first place is heaven, a place that we should all want to be. But the second place is hell. There's no in-between. It's one or the other. But God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you so that you could have eternal life. But death is the pathway to suffering for those who have not placed their faith in Jesus Christ. 
they do not go to a better place when they die. And so listen, let's stop telling people when their loved one dies, if they are not a believer, please do not lie to them and tell them, well, they went to a better place. Torment, weeping, gnashing of teeth, suffering. I mean, guys, what part of that is better? I mean, I know it's not great in our world today, but that is not better than living on this earth. But here is how we face death when we've placed our faith. And I'm going to take you back up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Remember, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Now, let me tell you this. My friend whose wife passed away, he's going to grieve. There's an emptiness, and, and he needs God to fill that emptiness because that emptiness was filled by his wife for a lot of years. And now he's going to need something, somebody to fill that void and the reality is the only person that can do that right now is Jesus. Jesus can fill that void. But what I know is this, there's sadness, but that grief is not like the world grieves because we know that she has indeed gone to a better place. We have hope. And, and I love this because if, if, a believer dies and another believer dies, we can say this. If we are a believer, we will see them again. And that's awesome, right? We'll see them again. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, here's something interesting that I've learned. Man, I'm like wearing a sweatshirt down in Florida. I'm doing it for my, my, my Midwesterners and my Northerners, man. I'm doing this for you. But I'm sweating like all get out, man. I think I'm going to lose about 10 pounds of water weight uh, by the time I get done with this. I mean, I probably got it like dripping all down my face and everything. But when we when we look at this and when we look at that, that peace that passes all understanding, one thing that I learned in the ministry was this. I have been with a couple people when they breathe their last breath. I'm just going to tell you, the first time I was there, it was overwhelming. So if you've ever been there when that's happened, you know what I'm talking about. It is a powerful moment where somebody takes that next step into eternity, right? They take that step, whether that step is going into the direction of heaven or hell. But here's what I've learned. The first person I was with died and they were going to heaven and it was peaceful, I mean, it was peaceful. We prayed, we sang, we talked about God and, and where they were going and what awaited them, and it was peaceful. The other person that died was not a believer, and let me tell you, it was anything but peaceful. I mean, there was bitter weeping, bitter pain and suffering, and it was, wow, uh, the peace that passes all understanding was the last thing in that room at that time. And it was almost like I could feel Satan claiming victory in that situation. And it ticked me off because I'm like, Jesus, you came so that all would believe in you, that none would perish. Yeah. Here's another one. But guys, we need to stop 
telling people that their loved one has gone to a better place unless we know that for sure. We need to stop misleading people. Uh, And when we look at that, the key is confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing that with your heart that God raised him from the dead. You see, my friend's wife had placed her faith in Jesus Christ. He had paid the penalty for her sin and the resurrection of Jesus defeated the grave. Guys, our desire at Time to Man Up is that everyone, every man, every woman, every child would go to a better place when they die. And hell is the last place that we would ever want anyone, even our enemy, spending eternity. That means, men, that we need to be actively sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ with the lost. Listen, if you are listening to this and you hear this episode and you make it to the end of this episode, because the chances that you'll make it to the end are probably slim to none, but if you made it to the end and you do not know Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you this. Find a believing friend get to a church that that preaches truth or listen reach out to me uh, send me an email and and we will connect because there would be no greater joy than for me to share with you the hope that I have in Jesus Christ but take advantage of that opportunity uh, you can reach out to us at contact at time to remember the number two time to man up.com contact at timetomanup.com, and I would love to communicate with you and encourage you and help you walk through this journey. Uh, But men, the question for you is, what are you going to do about it? You may have family that's going to hell. You may have very good friends that are going to hell. Why would you stand back and do nothing? Guys, I'm telling you that as a person that shared his faith with one of his best friends and that relationship fell apart, I knew that it was going to either get really good or it wouldn't make it. And I kept hoping that it would get better, but I knew it wasn't going to. And sure enough, um, after I shared my faith, I mean, we've communicated one time over 20 years, I think it's been about 20 years. That was crushing to me. We as men, we don't get a lot of real good friends. And uh, I would do it all again. I would do it all again because eternity is that important. So guys, next time you have a friend or family member that passes away, if they are not a believer, do not tell their family that they have gone to a better place. That's not the truth. But if they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, celebrate the fact that to be absent is to be present with the Lord. To be absent from this earth is to be present with the Lord. To live is Christ, to die is gain. To be absent from the world is to be present with the Lord. Men, it's that time. It's time for us to man up. It's time for us to start pointing people to Jesus rather than feeding them the lies that we think they need to hear like 
they're in a better place. They're not. We need to be aware of that. Man, it's time. It's time to man up. <laughs>